It's been a hard time in Hawkesbury for us all with the floods. What is it that you're offering with Hawkesbury by the river and hope punters get out of it? We've put on a, a gig, the Hawkesbury Flood Relief Concert, to sort of bridge the gap on, on things that people have been falling short on and, and the devastation that this flood has caused. So we've decided to go through Rorks, um, which is Rotary Australia World Community Service, to hand the, the raised money to, and then they can uh, basically pigeonhole that money to the Hawkesbury branches for them to be able to um, distribute to the residents here of the Hawkesbury of the people that have been affected. So whether that be, you know, somebody's fence needs to be fixed or um, someone's doing a bit tough, they can get some shopping or whatever Rotary decides that uh, is a fitting purpose, it's completely up to them on how they distribute the money. And But we just sort of thought that there's a massive gap there that people are still struggling and they need to be sort of helped out. That's a great reason to put on such a rocking concert. Could you tell us how Dinner by the River ties in with mm-hmm. such a large concert with nine headliners as well as Dicko and the Duck? Dinner by the River was a concept that um, Dave Wilkins and I came up with. It was a small boutique concert that could sort of offer a really high-end style offering, you know, doing a three-course sit-down meal and then still have that general admission feel as well for, a, for an outdoor concert. We kicked it off in um, 2019 and we had a series of them planned and then COVID hit us. So that was the stone end of that. And then um, just sort of working through COVID, getting through that. And then uh, then we had floods and then fires and then floods again. And, and it's just been a really difficult sort of uh, model to get up off the ground with all the um, situations that we've been going through. But Dave and I had planned to do another dinner by the river uh, in June this month or oh, next month so then this flood hit and we obviously just went we're going to have to postpone it but because we had a lot of the um, you know we had our ducks in a row for this gig anyway Dave and I just decided well let's see if we can form it into a flood relief concert you know and, and just go basically an old school sort of rock concert get people out and and see if we can raise some money so this flood relief concert isn't really something that dinner by the river would normally do this is just sort of showing that we're a little bit diverse as well as a brand just being able to just get the people in and just make it happen because obviously covid is still very prevalent you know there's a there's a there's a huge argument that this is you know this is a massive mental health issue as well there's there's a lot of people that aren't getting out they're not you know they're not socializing they're not you know they can't go out and have a bit of fun anymore so it's so we just sort of really wanted to bring it back and just do an old school dirty rock concert that you can just let your hair down, have a bit of fun, and that was sort of sort of how we how we've sort of approached it. But I can assure you, a gig of this sort of scale, you know, this takes six months to sort of organise, and and David and I have sort of really dug deep and sort of been able to put a six month gig into a six week organisation um, situation. So everyone sort of dug deep and made it happen. Could you run through all the acts? that we've got on the mm-hmm. bill yeah so we've got shannon noel there he's going to headline the gig and then we've got dragon thirsty merc um Eurogliders, uh, mark gable from the choir boys he, he's, he's awesome he's great he's done a video for us up on facebook that you can see jason singh kate derulo uh, the locky dolly group uh imogen clark which she's a local um she's killing it at the moment and then rose Kalea band and, Liz- and lizard so couple of local acts, a couple of big acts, sort of everything in between. So it sort of caters for everybody's taste. It's a great lineup. Um, Dave's put that together. So, yeah, it's a lineup to to really get down there and have a look at for sure. Could you tell us about the Ducks' history? 
in uh, music and what he can contribute to the show? So the Ducks are local himself. So Robert Smith's a local. The Duck does a lot of work for 2GB. He works very closely with Ray Hadley. Being good sort of friends with Dave and I, we sort of, um, he, he approached us and said, what have we got to do to make this happen? So he's come on board to really lend his hand with his contacts as well. So being a local, you know, and, and he sees the devastation as well. And, and everyone seems to have forgotten about the floods, you know, that was, that was the last news cycle. So um, it's all sort of passed, but, you know, the, the damage is still there and people are still recovering. And the duck can see that, you know, he's a local as well and he's got friends and family that have been involved and affected. So, yeah, that, that's, that's why he, he, was, he was super keen to jump on board as well. As you've touched on, there's the mental health angle. Why do you and Dave think this is something we all need? You know, there's a lot of people that have lost a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of motivation to get back into this sort of thing. And this whole event, you know, like the artists are being paid, the, the production crew are being paid. We've got food vendors there. They're, they're all, you know, there to make some money as well. So it's basically all the industries in one sort of, in, you know, basically in one park that got absolutely drilled through COVID that it's an opportunity to make some money as well. While everybody's there, they're obviously there for, you know, that main reason to bring people into the park and, and, and raise as much money as we can for the flood. But at the same time, there's been so much devastation. There's so many different things that have happened in the world. We were trying to tick as many boxes as we could and, and sort of try and get people back up onto their feet. Mental health sort of goes along with all of that. You know, when, when business is tough, people struggle. When, when you can't go and see your friends and family, people struggle. When you're just cooped up and and you know and through the floods, you know, like you've 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 worked worked your ass off to get certain things and um, get get to a certain place and and you and you can sort of lose it overnight. So mental health is a big thing, and, and I know Dave and I both equally do as much as we possibly can, you know, and, and acknowledge the mental health factor in it. I've spent many of years doing other events that um, for Beyond Blue and things like that because you know it's just it's just such a worthy cause in itself, but yeah, I think that gets forgotten about. Touching on COVID, what will be the situation at the concert given the recent yeah. lockdown in Melbourne and also all of Victoria? We're pressing forward because Sydney Sydney's still in the clear, so we're, we're all good up here. The event's still going ahead as planned. We're rocking and rolling. We can give sort of people confidence of that, that it'll still go ahead and it'll still happen. So and just sort of encouraging people to sort of get out and, and make it happen, you know, like, Having said that, you know, the event is COVID safe. So everybody's got a scan to go in. You know, we've got to, we've got to do all those QR codes. You know, we've got enough spacing at the bars, out at the food areas. You know, people are going to be spaced out. We've got a capacity of we're, we're twice the capacity of what the people we're putting into that park. So we're not cramming anybody in as much as a old school rock concert that we'd like to be. We're still being sensible about it. And, and we've got enough room there that we can space people out. Bring your picnic blanket. Bring... You know, bring bring a couple of fold up chairs and 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 grab a seat in the park. There's still plenty of room to to spread out. It's not going to be crammed. That's just sort of the way that today's world is, I suppose. Yes, it's sad. I can't wait for the concerts to return. <laughs> Those yeah, stinky and, and look, rock you know, concerts you, are my thing for sure. And, yeah, and look, and and it is. And and give me a dirty rock concert every day of the week. You know, it's just. That's that's just that's just good fun, you know. But in today's climate, in today's world, like it, it's awesome to see certainly on through social media and um, all of these sorts of avenues that you know the artists are getting back out there. That there's great venues out there that are putting on live music again. So you know that's getting a real good kickstart again. And you know we're going to be part of that as well. So we've got to, 
we're launching another dinner by the river, um, which will be in September. There you go. That's an exclusive. We're going to launch that at the event. So we'll have another one um, ready to rock and roll. So, you know, it, it's it, it's happening. It's moving forward. And finally, where can people buy tickets, get involved? Jump on um, dinnerbytheriver.com. That's the ticket link in there. So just go over to the tickets. Jump on Facebook. Follow us on Dinner by the River uh, on Facebook as well. All things sort of lead to that website where the ticketing platform is. If you jump on the website as well, you'll see all the artists. You'll see some bios there if you're not sure which artists, is, what, what, what sort of the background those artists have. So all the bios are there. Um, we've got some great sponsors as well. So we were super pumped to get the Richmond Club in um, as the naming rights sponsor. And then we've got McGrath and Sinclair Automotive. They're the stage sponsors. So it was it was exciting stuff when, when you know, we were approached by some of these big names to go, let's do it, let's get onto it and, and, and sort of make this event happen. So if you can indulge me for a moment, but we've got Panthers North Richmond. So they've come on as a gold sponsor along with Coopers and Landolo Tiltrays. Uh, and then we've got some great silver sponsors again, which is sort of the Garten Group, McDonald's, um, the Hawkesbury Independent, Nova, Crown Plaza, if you need to book accommodation for the weekend, all occasion pyrotechnics like fireworks. That's another sort of um, an avenue that COVID punished as well, because, you know, if you don't have events, you don't have fireworks. So Humphrey from, from there, he approached us and went, I'd love to do a huge display. So we're going to have a massive fireworks display at the end of the night. And he's donated that completely free of charge so we're not spending any money on stuff like that so it um, stays in the pot that can go to rotary australia but that'll be a that'll be a massive uh he's going to put on a massive display a bit of a side project for myself but this will be this this event will be a, a zero net waste event so we won't have any landfill at this event so this is probably going to be one of the biggest certainly in the hawkesbury but probably in western sydney and I'll probably challenge anyone to tell me that it's probably a biggest event in Kuwait of where we're holding it. That'll be a zero net waste event. So we won't be producing any landfill. It'll all be compostable. Uh, all the food vendors have come on board with the type of vessels that they're serving the food in. All the cans will be recycled so that we'll be getting a return on those. That that money will be donated to um, to a couple of local organisations, HEN which is Hawkesbury Environmental Network. I'm super pumped to be able to and proud to be able to say that this will be a zero net waste event. So that's a little side project that I'm sort of doing on the side to make it happen. We yeah. look forward to seeing you down there. Thank you for your time. Well, absolute pleasure. Feel free to um, bail me up and say hello when you get down there. I I'll probably be running around like a um, uh, very, very tiredly, but running around <laughs> all day and make sure they're all having a good day. So Dave and I have a great partnership. He's got a his job's to make sure that everyone's entertained and my job to make sure that everyone's fed and watered. So uh, it's oh, a great partnership that works really well. If they have any questions, just shoot us an email through the website and we'll clear any concerns or questions up. But I would like to remind everybody to, you know, to really hook in, dig deep and get out and let your hair down. You know, this COVID thing has sort of left us inside for a very, very long time. You know, get out and have some fun. So know that it's going to be a COVID safe event but get down there and support it. It's a great message. Thank you so much for your time. No worries. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, not too often I get to chat to a real live rock star and I'm as pleased as punch to talk to uh, Jason Singh. G'day, Jason. Good morning. How you doing? Really, really well. Well, from taxi ride to solo stuff to the Hawkesbury flood relief concert. It's That's been what? a fun ride by the looks of it, if your videos are anything to go by. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the one from a couple of weeks ago did you I yeah was sure yeah 
Do you want to tell us a, a, a little bit about what you've been doing with the tour? We'll just uh, well, wriggle I'm, our way through what's been going on. Yeah, well, I've been um, out touring um, since March. I'm doing a, a tour called Jason Singh Plays Taxi Ride, the Hits Bits and Beyond Tour. And um, it's, I guess, um, last year's sort of lockdown and time to reflect on the 20 plus years I've had in the in the music business as I sort of had a brand new discovery of all these great songs that the band had you know aside from the big singles and stuff that and it sort of pushed me into um, wanting to get out and play them for people like a lot of the original fans and stuff really love some of those early um, b-sides and rare songs that we used to play yeah I've been sort of um, you know, working my way across the country and playing, stopping in all sorts of crazy places. And last weekend, um, as part of a, an, an initiative in the Murray-Darling um, Basin, the water crisis over there, and, and there's a there's a group called um, Beef It Up Australia who help um, rural communities um, have some, some nights out and some entertainment and bring attention to the crisis. So as part of that, at the start of the tour, I agreed to do four rural towns, and that was up to um, up to then. They were sort of um, in a competition to um, pick the towns, and and yep, it was it was rural. <laughs> Last weekend, we went from Melbourne to Mildura to Menindee to Moolamine. No, the other way around, Moolamine then Menindee, and then back to Mildura via somewhere else, via <laughs> Broken Hill, and then back to Broken Mildura, Hill. and then back to Melbourne. So Holy it was moly. a hell of a weekend. It was like 1,500 Ks. But, you know, I did enjoy the drive and I documented every hour sort of the process of getting from my house to, to visit some people that have – one of the pubs had never had entertainment before. That's how regional they are. So yeah. it was an amazing – it was really cool, actually. Like it was hard work, obviously, but it was really, really cool. And the tour has been going fantastically up until, um, up until now. So – Fingers crossed it can continue. Well, those people must have really appreciated seeing you, but uh, the people in the Hawkesbury will really appreciate the entertainment uh, that the boys from uh, Dinner by the River have organised. June 6th, uh, all the money's going to Rotary, uh, going to be at the Governor Philip Park. Some of these bands, I bet you've ran into them before. Uh, Shannon Knoll, Dragon, maybe not so much. Thirsty Merc, have you ever had a night out with the Thirsty yeah. Merc boys? I've got a, um, I do a, a side brand, a project called the Voices Supergroup, and both Shannon and Ray are, are members of that group where we go into places and we pick different lineups to sing all our hits together. So, yeah, I've worked with them quite a bit, especially Shannon. I've worked with him quite a lot. And Mark Abel, he was one of the original voices. And uh, some uh, some real legends in there in uh, the Dragon and uh, Eurogliders. Uh, from my youth, they loomed large. Yep. One thing I wanted to ask you is, it's a, I bet you've not been asked this before, but what was the cover scene like in Melbourne before Taxi Ride? What was your future going to look like, Jase? Well, well, we were all, all the members of Taxi Ride, all the original members were in cover bands around Melbourne. Mm. Um, the cover scene back in the mid-90s to late-90s was massive in, mm. in Melbourne. You could actually take the door at a venue like Zagami's and clean up on the night, you know, and you're out there. You, the music that you could play too was like I was in a band called Vaseline and we were a pretty heavy rock band actually. We played uh, Rage Against the Machine and Tool and Soundgarden and, and Nirvana and, you know, the 90s rock sound and it was, you know, it was very fun to play those kind of tunes. I think it's changed quite a bit now and there's the staples 
from, you know, used to be like Killing in the Name of and those mm. kind of big mm. rock songs and now it's, you know, Jesse's Girl and that kind of more um, lighthearted covers thing, I think. But, yeah, the cover scene was and probably still is really big. I mean, for me it was it was a really good way to learn how to write songs because every night you just mm. played hit songs, you know, for the crowd. That's what everyone wanted to hear. So um, it was a good way to sort of learn the structure of a song and it helped me in the long run, I guess, with, with my songwriting and stuff. That is one thing I remember in interviews with you guys and I saw a fair whack when you guys broke big and you, you broke huge um, seemingly out of nowhere. And um, you'd yeah. say, hey, look, we're, we're not a manufactured group. We're not a, we're not a boy band. We're songwriters. I, I remember, I don't know whether it was you or Tim, um, said that specifically a number of times. Uh, is that what you consider yourself more than anything? Well, yeah. I mean, um, back then we were sort of stuck in a, you know, we were coming out of this big boy band sort of scene and there were similarities because we could all sing and we weren't maybe not horrible to look at. So I think <laughs> that people sort of put us in that category. Even the record company that we signed with, probably pushed us into that category a little bit unbeknownst to us we were just sort of stuck on the roller coaster and yeah I mean we sort of compared ourselves more to the Eagles and Crosby Stills Nash and Young and and um, those kind of classic 70s bands who could all write songs and all play multiple instruments and yeah I mean it was it was a very hard one to um, sort of get a grip on and I guess maybe early on we were really paranoid about it as well because you know we had a glossy album cover and we had that sort of yeah. glossy pop sound and I guess um, music changes slowly so people were sort of just um, expecting us to bust out some dance moves which um, would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> no I've not ever seen that. Um, so some of no. the big bands of the time would have been Powderfinger, Spiderbait, Regurgitator, I Won't Keep Going On, Naming Bands. Oh mate it was a classic, it was the best yeah. time in Australian music Probably ever was. you know. Yeah. Savage Garden, In Excess and Greenspoon, Killing Heidi, yeah. you know, Bachelor Girl. There was tons of it. And we were like, um, you know, we had an Australian sound. And I guess, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your question there. I don't know. No, I no. I was just, I was just uh, saying that there was so much rock music around. And then uh, you guys, you know, you really came through onto the pop charts and something mm. that, a, that a lot of those other bands uh, couldn't do. I guess it was just a magic formula of you and the other blads. Yeah. Well, look, I think um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that the four of us were so different as people and our styles were different our taste in music was completely different and it's not often that um, we met you know like through music and the combination of those sounds is what I always say like it was our differences that probably pushed us apart but it was our differences that made us so magical and so unique and and you know four guys don't usually hang out like that 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 are that different, you know what I mean? So yeah, um, yeah. It and was, Tim uh, Tim Watson's not as tense as he looks, is he? He must have a fun side. Tim Watson is the, was the comedian in the band. <laughs> is he the tall one? You thought? You're yeah, about, it, it was, yeah. Was the tall, yeah, sure. The tall. He was the funniest guy in the band. By he miles. doesn't. And he does not come off that way. He looks like I am seriously going to entertain you. He looks like he's going to squash you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, he's a big menacing looking teddy bear. He is. He's um. He's a big softy. Oh well, that makes me want to reach out to him now for a chat. Um, oh yeah, no, he's um, he's you know, he loves a chat too. Because um, music has moved on so much in the last twenty years, a lot more electronic. I know 
know you've delved yeah. into the electronic stuff. You've got so many fantastic uh, solo songs. Must be very hard to break through right at the moment and and get a broad audience with lots of young kiddies at home just popping them out from their bedrooms. Yeah, I mean, look, it's um, it's one of those things. I mean, I, I'm still in the studio every day making mm. music and yeah. um, you know, trying to get some clear air. You know, I guess I have to sort of rely on people that you know did know my history and be able to be able to you know get the new music as well yeah so yeah look it is a very very different musical mm. scene and then you know you get viral stuff that breaks no one knows the, the formula of that sort of stuff but you know music's a young man's game so it's mm. always going to be um dominated by new music's always going to be coming through to a new audience as as they grow together you know and and my audience obviously is you know 30 plus and th- some of the shows that i've been doing on this tour um, teenage girls would come and watch Taxi Ride in in the you know 2000s with their parents. Now come with their parents and their children. So uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've had like three generations of people that still like my music. So uh, you know, it's one one brick at a time and one um, one gig at a time. And I'm happy to just um, get out and play to um, whoever's willing to listen. You know, it doesn't have to be mass audiences and stuff. Would be nice, but uh, it's just one of those things. Hopefully, this this weekend in Hawkesbury, we have that kind of mass appeal, and that's why I like doing these festivals and things because um, people that would come and see, you know, Choir Boys or Shannon, people like those, you know, fa- their fans don't wouldn't necessarily come and see me or. If, yeah, been right. into taxi rides, so it's a good way to um, to win new fans, obviously. But it's a real challenge because you've you know you're surrounded by your peers that you respect and look up to as well, and so you want to set a pretty high standard, especially where I'll be playing somewhere. I've sort of um, you know I've got to step it up and and then leave the stage going you know top yeah. that. Cop that, cop that. Yeah. And uh, are you playing solo? I'm playing uh, with a keyboard player as well. We've got loops and keyboards and it sounds pretty full. So, yeah, left-handed bass and right-handed keys and loops and acoustic and vocals. Hey, that sounds awesome. And is that the way you've been playing uh, recently, just with one other or? Yes, it has been. I've uh, I've been switching out two friends of mine that play keyboards um, because there's so many dates on the tour. It's been a real um, a real step back to you know the sort of reset to to go back to when I was um, most comfortable, and that was playing songs on an acoustic guitar. And we always had this thing with Taxi Ride that if a song could stand up just with an acoustic guitar, then it was worth pursuing. And if, it, if we couldn't just sing it on an acoustic, we'd probably just leave it behind. So it's yeah. good to be back there. The big taxi ride hits were really fantastic and really well crafted. I was in a, I'm a, I'm a musician and I was in a, a covers duo and I was out in parks, which is in sort yep. of central west New South Wales. And, and I was doing a Thursday night and it was very much a sort of beer drinking men's crowd. And I thought, you know what these people need? A little bit of taxi ride. They need to get taxi them. ride. <laughs> But you know yeah. what, Jace, you know, they, funny, they like, didn't. They, they didn't need some taxi ride. <laughs> that, <that's particular laughs> sorry life. about that. I'm sorry. Many a times I've tried <laughs> to force that down people's throats when they didn't need it. No, um, I thought but, so because I was. You know, I, I was. I was so proud of myself because I. I just brought 
it creeping up slowly into my into my repertoire. And I thought, well, I want to I want to yeah. show this off. And it was number you know right at the top. I don't know where it was. And as I thought, I yeah. want to show that that I can play some hits al- along as the, along uh, with the uh, golden oldies. But anyway, look, yeah. I persevered yeah, with it. Oh, I creep- liked it. <laughs> creeping up slowly was the biggest song of the year in two thousand and two. I mean, we it was the highest played song on Australian radio for the year including all the international acts in the world. Now, I don't know how many times that's happened to an Australian band, but um, hasn't happened lately. Or actually, maybe Tones and I probably got that last year, actually, or the year before when um, Dance Monkey was out. I'd say that would have been right up there. But, you know, creeping up, for the pe- for the younger people that are watching this or listening to this podcast, creeping up slowly was the dance monkey of 2002 i mean you couldn't go anywhere without hearing the song whether you went in for a drive in your car went to the supermarket or you listened to the radio put the tv on it was everywhere so i mean it's a pretty proud thing to look back on that song's got some uh real definite parts and so he crafted on the guitar and everyone decided it sounded great. So when you get yeah. in the studio, how do you then, you know, uh, I'm a musician, you're a musician, how do you then definitely not ruin it? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, we actually, um, the demo was quite different. I mean, we did have the um, the introduction guitar, and but we didn't have the pre-chorus and we didn't have the scratching and all that sort of. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the groove and the stuff of the song came later uh, when we were in the studio and and, um, there was some holes in the in the melody, and I'm a big sort of Prince fan. Like a song like "Strange Relationship," a Prince song. Um, he, at the end of every line, he puts a, a keyboard line. Isn't it a shame you don't like winter? And so, at the end of every every phrase, there's a hook. And we went, oh, what if we got a DJ in and burnt our vocals onto a CD and got him to scratch the vocal parts and then he sort of came up with those all those kind of hooks and stuff and like when i play that song now it's 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 quite hilarious because people sing those bits they sing the scratching it's which (laughs) which is kind of classic absolutely and so many so many harmonies uh did you guys uh sort of uh, queen style did you all sing the same line all sing the sing the low line or how did you how did you get them sometimes that sometimes that might have happened um Mm. um, it was more about not just going you know one three five and having a block of harmonies like a harmony group Mm. um we would go you start at the top and finish at the bottom. You start at the bottom, finish at the top. I'll stay in the middle with Tim. And that's that's how you get that kind of moving blend, you know. And then we double track or triple track each vocal. And, I yeah. mean, we recorded Imaginate onto tape, mate, so there was no... No tricks mm. or anything on that rec- on that first album. You know, the vocal that you hear on Can You Feel was our demo vocal. We just used the we all the vocals on Imaginate pretty much. We recorded it in, in Mount Waverley with our mate Pete Dacey and we didn't even bother trying to do them again in America. We just used them as they were. So, yeah, I guess the arrangements and the parts and stuff was, you know, that was what that was our thing. So with uh, like a clutch of those very big songs um, in Australia, were the record companies uh, like hard on you guys? Did they say, look, let's have another one, let's have another one? Or, you know, what what were they like to you? Because record companies were real record companies still back then. Yeah. I think um, we were sort of one of the last sort of um, 
well, like we had 11 record deals to choose from. So it wasn't like we begged to be on one label and then mm. they just worked us like, you know, like a Mallee bull. So yeah, sure. um, we had 11 companies to choose from and we had people flying in from America and, you know, Armin Erdogan flew in from the UK to who signed Led Zeppelin to just take us out to lunch. And then That's crazy. Went home. So I did Randy Jackson that. did the same thing to try and get us to sign to Sony, which I think in hindsight we probably should have done. But we ended up going with Warner Warner Brothers. We were on a label. We signed with them because the A&R department was hmm. one that we connected with the most. Mark Pope and Michael Parisi were the two A&R guys. And by the time we got back from America recording the album, Michael had already left. So we, we you know, we lost our team right at the start now the record company were happy with what we had and that's why they were clamoring to sign the band i guess yeah fantastic those were the days when you um you sent out demos and people would actually get back to you it was uh yeah it uh, it that's right you know and also you know the time of great a and r guys that would see potential in a band it didn't have to have the hits like ready to go or or the look ready to go, but they'd look at it, you know, people like Jimmy Iovine and stuff would see potential in a band and go, you know, in five years' time, you're going to be a star. And, you know, so they would put the work into developing the sound and, you know, hiring them studios and just watching the development of, of them help them along the way. And now it's more about uh, how many plays have you got on YouTube? How many friends do you have on Facebook and Instagram? Okay, yeah. it's over a million. We'll sign you, you know. So the art form of discovering bands, I think, is long gone. Things are different. We can both agree on that. Well, you must mm. have been very happy to get the call to uh, come up to the Hawkesbury and help out after this cataclysmic flood. It's going to be really exciting to uh, see you Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Gosh, they've they've pulled together an, an amazing bill and there's going to be loads of food. Um, it's going to be well spaced out. It's COVID safe everybody um you're still gonna have to do all your registering and all the stuff which takes an extra 90 seconds um i seen tones and i i seen tones and i last week or was it the week before anyway i seen tones and i she was fantastic go and see tones and i if you get a chance jason I will do uh, that. And the tour will continue on. It's predominantly Victoria and New South Wales, isn't it, this tour? And Queensland at this stage. Well, we're just about to – we're working on announcing another 30 shows that are going to take in Tassie, South Australia, maybe Perth if we can get out there. But uh, we're going to do an encore run, so we're going to go right around again. So. 30 um, shows. Jason, you've got to look at another this. Another 30, so that would be 60 for the year. That's all right. Pretty, you know, I'm blessed that people still are interested in what I'm doing. They still love the band. They want to hear the songs, so I want to, and I want to play the songs. It's perfect. A voice is a, is a muscle, and um, you want to stay match fit, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, after having a year off, I've done my rehab, and I'm ready for the next 20 years. You know, it was, I said it, I've said it many times, but, Last year, 2020 was like, I called it my career halftime where mm. I went into the club rooms and I got into my own head and started sort of manifesting the, the next 20 years after after like thinking about the first 20 years. I still feel like I'm young enough to go for another 20. So um, let's kick it off at Hawkesbury and, uh, and go from there. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jason Singh.